They counted the sound out, we lead the division again. At the top of the round, 17 and Jody with the hands. AI 12 with the divas, you know that we winning again. AI 12 with the divas, you know that we winning again. They don't wanna see the squad, they just watch us beat the lines. They don't wanna see us blitz from number 52 and hit you from the side. Winning again, winning again. Hey guys, welcome back, NSFW Dynasty Podcast, episode 17. 17. Uh, I'm Mitch Pressing with me today, BJ Kolb, as you heard him before. What's up, what's up? Um, shall we get into it right away? You got anything to say? Um, no, we got a lot to go over today, so yeah, let's just jump right in. All right, uh, on topic today, we have some NFL headlines, our new trade segment, a which lot. isn't really that new anymore. Then we're going to take a trip around the AFC East. Yes, we are. The shit show. Charts. Fucking shit show over there. Yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we only have the one headline today, huh? Yeah, cutting it down to one major one, just because we have so much to go over, um... A lot happened in one of our leagues, and we couldn't didn't even have enough time to put in all the trades that went down. So, gonna try to get through everything here and in a timely manner. So, the one major one. Yeah, timely because we're so concerned about time usually. Going on two anyways. hours. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, Jameis Winston could be. I thought he was already suspended. No, I, the last I heard, the suspension didn't come down. So. Um, okay. I, I, I put could be, um, is most likely will, but suspended up to six games here. Yeah. And now reports state that his future with Tampa is in question. If famous James is suspended for the full six games, how will this affect the value of the Bucks offensive weapons? Yeah. I'm going to start with the second question here. Um, but I honestly just think that Tampa invested way too much into James Winston to not pick up his option, his rookie option there. So I think yeah, I agree. So I think you'll see him in Tampa. He'll be still be the quarterback of the future. He just has a lot to prove with Tampa because after that option's done, that all affects his other contract and how long they're going to sign him for and for how much they're going to be willing to sign him for. So he has really really a lot to live up here in the next year or two, I believe. Um but going into this year, this suspension obviously has a negative effect on a a lot of the weapons in Tampa. Um, I'm mainly concerned with Fitzpatrick coming in, um, the likes of Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, and even O.J. Howard. Um, although I do think that your shares of a Mike Evans or even a Cameron Brait will be safe just because they're a, such a big uh, target in the end zone that they're going to get their chances there. I actually disagree with you on the Brait part. Brait was Jameis's guy most of last season. If you looked when he produced best was when Jameis was on the field yeah I know um it it took me a lot to put OJ Howard in there but I just thought with him being only a second year tight end that they would still be looking for Braitmore but I could easily be wrong on that one oh I'm not even saying just because of OJ Howard I'm just saying in general oh okay Fitzpatrick didn't really go towards Brait much that last that much last year yeah but if you look at the numbers uh your Harvard boy Fitzpatrick the numbers he put up when Jameis was out, he didn't play terribly. He filled in pretty well, and uh, I think with adding, uh, well, I don't know how much work Justin Watson will get, but with Ronald Jones, I think the offense may be a little more ready for if Jameis isn't there. 
But like you said, I also agree that I think there is no way that Tampa moves on from Jameis. Yeah. But going back to the numbers being the same, I, do you expect Tampa Bay to run the ball more with Fitzpatrick in there? Yeah, um, maybe just a little bit. I don't see them like going to a drastic running over passing game. Yeah, that was the one one thing that worried me the most was that they were going to try to run more, and I don't think Rojo is not your give him the ball every play running type of back, yeah, and neither is a, neither is yeah. But and Peyton Barber isn't like that, and none of the running backs they have there are really like that. So that's what worried me about everything, and thought that it was going to start going towards a downturn there, just because I don't think they have the ability to give their running backs the ball, you know, every the amount that I think they would have to to succeed, really. Yeah, um, I just am not sure that Rojo is up for that either. He, like I said, he's a slighter guy. He's only maybe 200 pounds. Uh, and I don't think they're going to want to work him that hard out of the gate to begin with. So Yeah, exactly. That, that was the thing that worried me and where I got my stance. I mean, I could – I'm – Fitzpatrick has done it in the league, so it wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, was a serviceable quarterback again for this stretch here. But I just see a bigger downturn for those lesser receiving options than, you know, with obviously Watson, Winston, and Watson. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of Evans, and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, when you get in that scenario, you really just have to turn to your best guy and force feed him the ball, so... Um, expect a lot of targets for Evans and guys like that. I don't see the downfield targets to Deshaun Jackson just because I don't think uh, Fitzpatrick has the arm for that, but I see a lot of Evans coming in. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure when they're in practice or in the huddle or whatever, Evans is probably just telling them, hey, look for me and throw me the fucking ball. Yeah, I'm like 6'6", and I run fast. Just throw it up and let me go up and get it. Right. <laughs> Okay, let's go on to our trade segment. Um, yes, ready for this one. It was a fucking frenzy this year, I mean, this week. Pretty sure all of these are in our super flex and tight end, tight end premium league. Yes, like I said, we had, we had one trade go down and another one. I left that one out. Maybe we'll come back to it next week. Just too much to go over this week. Yeah, unfortunately, none of these trades are ours, so you can hear how dumb some of the people in our league are. Well, we did make a couple offers for some of these guys that are involved in these trades. So kind of, yeah, but they weren't real offers. Come on. No. Yeah. They, they weren't good offers. I think I said that in one of my things, but they definitely weren't good offers. We trying to get a deal on them and they ended up giving these players away pretty much for a deal. Just not to us. Yeah. All right. So the first one was Alex Smith was traded for Hunter Henry. Yes. I am on the Alex Smith side in this one. Anytime you can trade, a tight end, even a, even a tight end that's not even playing this year for a quarterback, you won that trade, especially in a super flex, flex lead here. Uh, I think he definitely won that trade, and he's just putting himself in a better spot for this upcoming year. Well, if you look at it, his team is not going to compete this year anyways, so I think that's what he was going for. Well, you know, yeah, T. Nicks, the guy that got Hunter Henry here, owns the first round of the draft. Yeah, he's got like four or five of them, maybe even more after looking at all these trades. I didn't realize how many more he got. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's it's nuts to see how many first round picks. So for some reason, he obviously looked at his team and realized that he had no way to compete this year. So 
decided to rebuild early, which is nice because if he does surprise people, he has a whole bunch of ammo to go after players come out, coming this upcoming year. Yeah, um, as you'll see later, he got a lot of rookies for the most part in trades. Yes. But, uh, I'd say this trade is very dependent on whether you're competing or not. Kind of like we were just saying, he's not competing, so he got rid of one of his quarterbacks for a guy who he'll use for the rest of his career when this is also a tight end premium league. So, Yeah, I mean, I'm not a real big fan of the tight end premium because don't you only get like a half point extra per reception? Yeah, it's one, it's one and a half points per reception. Yeah, so it's not really that big of a deal in my eyes. Um, I, I know we talked about that in the draft too about when we were going to draft our tight end, and we waited a long time to draft our first tight end, so. Uh, no, we didn't. We just ended up trading him. Oh, yeah, we got Evan Ingram. <laughs> but still, yeah. we waited a good good amount of time. We waited until all the first guys got off the board, and then we took a high well, potential guy, so. We actually thought we were going to end up getting Ertz at the time, and then three tight ends went before us, so we're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next trade, uh. Calvin Ridley, Frank Gore, and Kyle Rudolph were traded for Anthony Miller, Antonio Gates, and Case Keenum. Yes, even though I hate the guy that got all these guys, I am leaning towards the guy that got Anthony Miller in this one. Um, I just look at it, I think at worst, in the long term, Anthony Miller is going to put up around the same points as Calvin Ridley. And at best, I think Anthony Miller is obviously going to surpass him um, points-wise in his long-term future here. Um, You can... Pretty much knock out Gore and Gates here. Even though for a dark horse, I like Antonio Gates more because with his chance going back to San Diego and being the only guy there, I kind of like that. Um, and in the super flex, I would take the quarter or the super flex tight end premium side. I would take the quarterback over the tight end. And I think Case Keenum in Denver, he just has all the weapons already around him to really be successful this year. So I like that uh, that side of the trade. Yeah, I mean, even without Gates, I like this trade more since Gates still hasn't signed anywhere. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I'm not a big fan of Ridley either, and I'm a huge fan of Anthony Miller. So I'm going to go with the Miller-Keenum side. Miller outperforms Ridley. Gates and Gore are basically a wash at this point in their careers. And the tight end premium Rudolph for Superflex Keenum, like you said, I think the Superflex edges it out. Yep, and going back to Antonio Gates, I do think he's going to sign somewhere because there's just too many, I mean, there's two teams that really need a tight end. Um, one is San Diego, so obviously I think he'll wait and see if San Diego says, yeah, we don't want you, or no, you won't. L.A. now. Oh, yeah, L.A., my bad. <laughs> v or two, I should get this shit right. But uh, I think he'll wait for the charge and see it and see if he wants him. If not, I think I still think Dallas is going to be a landing spot for him, at least for this upcoming year. Yeah, um, on to the next one then. So, Josh Rosen, Anthony Miller traded again. Yes. And Alan Hearns for Brandon Cooks and Jake Butt. Yes, and this, the guy that I just talked up and said I didn't like, I think got taken on this one. Um, I I mean, I do like Brandon Cooks going into this year. I, wanted, I would love to see how uh, the Rams use him in their offense, their high-powered offense they have going on over there, but... With the potential that you're giving up in a Josh Rosen and Anthony Miller, on top of a guy that you know, I'm we all know I'm not the biggest fan of, but think he will produce at least this year in Alan Hearns. 
just for Brandon Cooks in a tight end that you don't even know if he's going to play. I mean, I think it's just a dumb move. Yeah, um, I agree completely. Uh, and usually I take the best player. But here in a super flex, he got Rosen, who's one of my favorite rookie quarterbacks. Yes, and then he got two potential starting wide receivers. And as we know, Brandon Cooks is a boomer bust guy. He's It's hard to find out when he's going to have that big game. Yeah, but he's he's usually, I mean, he's boomer bust, but he, I mean, I can't really say that either because last year it kind of sucked where he did give a lot of people zeros. But in past years, he didn't really give you a lot of zeros where he still gave you some production. It's not the, just the production that you want in a guy like Brandon Cooks. So, I mean, I, I agree with you that that is the reason why you don't give up all that for him. And we all know Anthony Miller and Anthony Miller is going to get work year one too. So I think uh, Teenix, who got all those guys in that package, definitely won out this trade. Yeah. So far, I uh, like every trade he made. And here's another one. He got Michael Gallup and gave away Rico Gathers in a 2019 second. Yeah, this is a buttfuck trade rape here. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, he pretty much just took, gave him the pick that – he was going to get picked in, in the, in the second round here. Um, I mean, there's people out here that love Rico G- gathers. Obviously this guy loves him. I, I don't see it right now. There's a guy above slotted above him in their depth chart. That should be fucking on the corner, flipping burgers and not in the NFL. So that's just to tell you all you need to know about Rico gathers. He may come on. He may have produced nicely him for a couple weeks here, but it's not going to be a long-term thing. Yeah, um, give me Gallup all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. He basically gave up the pick he was selected with next year and a bum-ass tight end for Gallup a whole year in advance. Yeah, I mean, I mean Gallup's another guy that's going to come in and really get a lot of targets from week one, so I don't know how you give that guy up for a guy that doesn't even have a regular, regular season target. So, I just don't get it. Yeah, I really don't get it at all. I could see if uh, Rico Gathers was an eagle, but he's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now this is a pretty shitty trade right here. Yep, the guy that you're talking about goes out and makes a bad trade. <laughs> so. Yeah, so he got Sony Michelle a 19 first and a 19 second, but he gave up David Johnson and a 2019 third. Yeah, like like you said, it wasn't a good trade. He pretty much just gave away David Johnson right here, um, and it kind of, kind of stung more because we were just making offers for David Johnson. Like we said before, they weren't good offers. We we're just kind of testing the water, see where everybody was at. But I really don't think it was really that far off from this offer that he accepted. He did take went towards the side where the age probably played played a big role in this. Yeah, that's um, what he did. Yeah, and he, and they got the first round pick, which we didn't have, so. But I don't think we were that far off of this trade. Um, so it just kind of sucks to see it. That's what he went for. Yeah, um, it's an easy one. I would take DJ every single time. I don't care if I'm not competing or not. I would at least hold out for a better offer than that. Yeah. I mean, like you said, T-Nex is not going to compete this year. Um, he was probably worried about his age. But, I mean, David Johnson took over the league as soon as he came in. So... I think his age isn't really the telltale uh, sign of how long his production is going to go. I think he'll be one of those guys that will produce into his 30s for a couple years before he starts slowing down here. 
Uh, it's possible. Granted, he did have a huge workload when he was in college, so I'm not exactly positive. Yeah, but I mean, you look you look at his at, at his legs, which is huge for a running back. His legs pretty much have stayed clean, if I'm not mistaken. I could easily be wrong on this. His biggest injury was to his wrist, so yeah, I'll, I'll take that injury, wrist. I I'll definitely take that risk here. So. Yep. All right. Um. Same guy made another trade. <laughs> yep. He took over this week, man. He was yeah. real fucking busy. He got Sam Darnold and a 2019 first and a 2019 second for the guy he just traded for, Sony Michelle. Yes. So maybe you all can see what this guy's doing. He's getting guys on his team. And as soon as he's getting on his team, they're just shopping him around here. Um, and look at that. He got another first. Yeah. He's just, I mean, he's really on a pick spree here. He's looking for those picks and. He's still getting high potential guys with him. Um, we all know I'm not a huge fan of Sam Darnold, but I, I would definitely take him in the picks here. I mean, you're getting a first and second rounder on top of him. Um, we all know Darnold is going to start, if not halfway through this year. That's going to be his starting job next year. Um, where Sony Michelle just has too many question marks surrounding his usage just because of Bill Belichick alone, um, that is, it would be too hard for me to pass this offer up. Yeah, um, I think this is an easy one, honestly. I'll take uh, the rookie quarterback in a super flex and take the first and second along with it. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty easy one. I do like Sonny I mean, Michelle, but it's you You just look at the usage. You know Sam Darnold is going to be on the field every play when he's healthy. You can't say that with Sonny Michelle. It's not even that. I would like to go back to the draft and look how far, how many picks apart Darnold and Sony were taken. It couldn't have been a whole lot. I know Sony fell to like the middle, and I want to say, I mean, Darnold was definitely still a first round pick. So yeah, I I didn't really pay attention to that uh, rookie draft just because we didn't have any picks in it. So <laughs> I'll leave that one up to you to decipher uh, where they were picked. All right, um, go again. Another trade from the same guy. <laughs> he was a fucking workhorse. He had, he was in that other one that we left out too. So. Here's a fucking workhorse this year. Uh, really getting on that rebuild. I like it. Yeah, so he got Rashad Penny, Mike Gusecki, and yet another 19 first. But he gave up Travis Kelsey, Deion Lewis, a 19 third, and a 19 fourth. Yes. All right, don't get me wrong here. I understand what TNX is going for. Um, again, he's going for his rebuild. He's going to bring in a bunch of fucking youth. And getting a bunch of picks for him to go out and make trades for primetime players. Or even just keeping them so he can own the first round and get the guys that he wants. Um, but for just competing purposes, uh, if I'm competing, Travis Kelsey and Deion Lewis all, all day. Um, the picks aren't really relevant here. I'll definitely throw in the, in the first for these guys. Um, but you're, you're getting one of the best one of the best tight ends in the league. And a running back that's going to get, a, you know, a good size work share in Tennessee. So yeah, if, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. So if if you're trying to compete this year, this is definitely the right move to make for your, your team. Yeah, I had the same thing in my notes here. Um, it's one of the more even trades. Once again, it boils down to competing or not. And I would definitely give the edge to the Travis Kelsey side just because best player. And you're also getting Dion, who's also a good player. So yeah, I mean, it's just easy easy to do when it, when you think you're competing. 
I still think uh, after looking at our team, even though we haven't been uh, making that many moves, because like when, what you said when we made that trade for Nuke, that our prices for any other player is going to go up just because how good our team looks. I do think we're still in the best spot if Andrew Luck starts week one, which is looking pretty good right now. So Yeah, if our team... Stay, if our starters stay healthy, I think we can easily win that league, and I'm yeah. not too worried about it. Yeah, so I'm not really that worried that our price for trades is skyrocketed right now because they will eventually go down because we still do have some nice pieces on our team. We just need to get them on the field and let them show what they can do. I, be- I think we both agreed that we're pretty content until uh, preseason starts anyways. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to throw out offers and keep on testing the waters. I'm not going oh, yeah. to oh. go up there... Like like you said in our trade podcast, we're not going to go out there and throw out our best offer first. So if we throw out an offer and we can get a deal on it, that's great. But we're not going to go out and try to get the trade done in one trade. That's just not a smart business move there. So we're going to keep on it on the course that we're, we're doing. If we can get a couple of trades done, we'll get a couple of trades done. If not, you'll hear about the other guys fucking up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our uh, round of the AFC East, the depth chart studies. Uh, once again, we'll be going division by division, team by team, position by position. Players to buy low, players with potentially great trade value, players to stay away from, and finally, team positions to stay away from altogether. Which, I mean, some of them are very obvious. Yes. Uh, you can probably hear in your voice that we're coming up on a team that has a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, this week we will start with the AFC East, like I said. Our depth charts will be are brought to you by cbssports.com yes plug there bj i mean i had to do it because we gave we used fox sports last week and they kind of let me down here so i had to switch it up and see if cbs sports can't carry the slack did they pay you for that ad read um yes because they (laughs) gave me great information on some of these players no there you go pay me information all right let's start with the bummiest of the squads in the uh, AFC East, even though they made the playoffs last year. Yeah, that's not happening this year. <laughs> yeah, the Buffalo <laughs> Bobs. Bills. Billy Bobs? Buffalo Billy Bobs. All right, their quarterbacks are A.J. McCarron, Nathan Peterman, and Josh Allen. What is your take on this quarterback room, and who is the quarterback to own in Buffalo? Yeah, over, overall, I think this is a very shitty situation in this quarterback room. Um, right now, they're saying Nathan Peterman's going to be this, their projected starter for week one. Um, I mean, this it just spells bad bad news for the guy that has overall the best dynasty appeal in Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen has, has an arm. He has trouble with his accuracy, and he needs time to develop. With these two quarterbacks above him, He's not going to get that time. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts this year, which is just awful for Josh Allen owners everywhere. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this quarterback room is absolutely terrible. They may very well be the worst team in the league. And with that happening, they'll be in prime position to draft another quarterback if they are forced to start Josh Allen this year. Yeah. And if they start him this year, I think it's going to blow up in their faces and he's going to prove to be a bust. Yeah, sadly, I think that's the way it's going to go, too. Um, and going back to what you just said, I think this may easily be the worst team in the league. Um, yeah, just well, by I looking at their depth chart here. So, yeah, and not counting the defensive players, they have given up 
the last two seasons, so whatever. Yeah, and their lack of the O line, so they won't keep any of these quarterbacks up upright because they traded away their whole O line to get draft yeah, picks and stuff. Yeah, they traded away uh, their left tackle, Cordy Glenn, to the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, so. Fucking A. <laughs> so we'll see how this works out for him. Um, so, I mean, if I were to get a quarterback from that room, it would be Josh Allen, but I'm not paying much for him, especially if he is forced to start this year. No, I think in one of our leagues, he, I mean, in one of our one quarterback leagues, he went in the fifth, fourth round. If you I want to say it was the fifth round. Yeah, if... early fifth. I mean, I would definitely pay the early fifth round pick for Josh Allen, but I'm not going into the fourth for him even at that. Yeah. Um. So we'll see how this goes for him. It's just an ugly situation over there in Buffalo. Yeah, it's pretty fucking gross. <laughs> um. All right, let's move on to running backs. They have LaShawn McCoy, Chris Ivory, Traveris Cadet, Taiwan Jones, Marcus Murphy, and Keith Ford. What should owners do with their LaShawn McCoy shares? Is there any other fantasy running back option on the Bills depth chart? Um, yeah, I think everybody that have, has Shady McCoy shares right now needs to sell them all. Um, we just saw how shitty their quarterback room was. And looking down below towards their wide receivers, we're going to see how bad they're at wide receiver. This spells for a lot of touches, probably more touches than what he got last year. And just a loaded box. And I just don't think at Shady's age, this is something that he can handle at this point in his career. Um, he, I mean, he's shown that he can handle loaded boxes from time to time, but I don't think every play of every game that he's going to be able to handle that. Um, this is another position group that I'm trying to trade, trying to stay away from, but I did just pick up Chris Ivory um, in one of my rebuild leagues, just because if Shady does go happen to go down, he's going to be the guy in and he's going to get some sort of value out of him but i even at that i don't know if how good he's going to do i think he's going to struggle in that situation also uh this is where i kind of somewhat disagree with you i think for your shady shares it comes down to if you're competing or not you know what more touches means more opportunity more opportunity means a better chance to bust one loose and we all know shady is one of the best in the games at breaking a play that is going nowhere into something that is giving you multiple fantasy points. Yeah, but I'm see what what I'm looking at. You're, he's going to be going up against eight man fronts every play with no all line. So that's just <laughs> that's just bad news bears for him. So screen game. I mean that that is one thing that he has over any other running back on their roster right now is that they can use him in the screen game because Chris Ivory is just a strictly a run, runner. He may go up on a couple, couple passes, but that's not what he's known for. So. Shady has has that, but I don't think that's going to be all that successful for him to keep around this year. I'm just saying, if you need a flex guy, Shady may be cheap enough for you to grab him, plug him in your flex, get you those extra two points more than the other guy's flex, and you're good to go. I mean, He brings you to a championship because of it. Yeah, I can see that as a flex play there. Um, I could easily see him getting eight catches a game and a full-point PPR. Even if he only gets ten yards on it, that's nine points. Yeah, I mean, I could I could definitely get down with using him as a flex play. Um, I just, I mean, I haven't really gone out and reached out for a guy for a shady. I know we traded him, but I think we traded a little low on him. So I, I'm just not overall thrilled to be paying his price if I'm giving up, you know, the two second round pick. So, um, but you know, any anything can change. I'm just not really in that position in a lot of my leagues that I would need a guy like shady so i'm just kind of out of the loop on this one 
Well, the lo one league I would try to get him in, in uh, there's no way the guy who has him is going to give him up for anything less than my 106. So. Zach? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, even at, even at that, Shady, like you said, Shady could be a good flex play this year. I'm just not overall excited about his op opportunities that he's going to be getting, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, the only way I want him on my team is if I'm a definite contender and I just need that one piece. Yeah, definitely. I could definitely see that. And um, but if I do own him, I'm definitely getting Chris Ivory because that is going to be a lot of touches for the guy. And we all know he gets nicked up. He usually doesn't miss a whole lot of time, but I think his touches are going to go through the roof this year. Yeah, and you can usually find Chris Ivory on your waiver wires here. And I like I just got him for a dollar just because I had to throw out a dollar. Otherwise, I probably would have got him for free. Yeah. So, and I saw that you picked up the two, the two guys I was going after this week, you fuck. I got one of them. No, the Browns defense also. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> when you said that, I was like, fuck you, guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I ended I up. I had the fucking Cowboys defense. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Exactly. No, it, it was a good move. Um, I'm assuming that you saw that video of Auden Tate, and that's why you wanted to pick him up there? Yep. Yeah, I did too, so. <laughs> Thank you, Twitterverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't willing to pay the 7 bucks. I don't know. I'm cheap. I had plenty of money, so I ain't worried about it. All right, let's move on to our wide receivers. Or the Bills wide receivers, because not a lot of these guys are guys I want. <laughs> so uh, they got Kelvin Benjamin, Zay, just say no to Jesus Jones, <laughs> Jeremy Curley, Andre Holmes, Rod Streeter, Ray Ray McLeod, Austin Kroll, Kalen Clay, Brandon Riley, Malachi Dupree, Quan Bray, Robert Foster, and Cam Phillips. Your guy, Malachi Dupree. Oh, yeah. What are your views of the Bills wide receiver core? Who, if anyone, should fantasy owners go out and buy this upcoming season? Yeah, um, like I said above, this this room isn't pretty at all. It's actually fucking awful. I mean, you look at it, you have Kelvin Benjamin, who coming into the league had all the potential in the world, but refuses to put down the donuts. Um, you have Zay Jones that looked to come into his own at the end of last year, then this offseason decided that he wanted to try to fight for Jesus. And a couple <laughs> old guys that at this point are... Just bodies. Like, you go up and you look at them. Guys like Jeremy Curley and Andre Holmes, Rod Streeter, they're just bodies. They're not going to really produce for you fantasy-wise. Yeah, they're literally camp bodies. That's yeah. what they are. Um, so when I look at – when I go up here and I look at them and figure out who I want to buy into, the first guy I'm looking at, I'm looking at Ray Ray McLeod because you can go up after your rookie draft and pick him up off for waiver wires and not spend any real capital on the guy. Or Zay Jones, yep. who has – Value just fell off the map, and he did come into his own. So he's right now where you can get him for. He's definitely worth the risk to see if he can't pan out. Those are the only two guys I'm really looking for, looking at. Zay Jones last year in college, he had like 150 receptions. That's just insane. Yeah, I mean he definitely has the talent, and like I said at the end of last year, I know we were talking about it, and I was giving you a hard time just because you had him on your team, and I just like giving you a hard time. But he really did look like he was coming into his own at the end of last year. So, yeah, I think it was the game against the Ravens when he caught that touchdown and then got hurt. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> that would just be his luck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
I mean, he's definitely a good stash play here, and he's had still does have a lot, a lot of upside. So, I mean, yeah, um, I agree with you. Those are the two guys I'm looking at. This room is a joke. It's pretty similar to the quarterback room. If you don't have a quarterback to get the wide receivers the ball, oh, oh, yes, <laughs> that's not <But> good. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple cheap stabs I would take here, or should I say, I have taken them. I'm a huge believer in Zay Jones, as you already said. Uh, I've got him in just about every league I could. I think I'm missing him in one league. And uh, right now you can get him pretty cheap because of his off-season antics. Yes. And other guys, the wars he's going out to fight. What? The wars he's going to go fight for Jesus. Oh, yeah. And then my other guy is also Ray Ray. Uh, you saw me scoop him up in one of my leagues. He's uh, another one of the famous Clemson wide receivers, and the dude was an absolute beast. And like you said, he's going undrafted, so why not take a stab at him? Yes, I definitely like that pick. It kind of pissed me off because I didn't see him. Um, all the rookies in the waiver wires are really fucking hidden. Like when when I was going through trying to find the rookies that I got, I had to go in and type every single one of their names just because they're so buried between all the under all the shit that is in the waiver wires that they're just hard to find. Just going through. Well, even if you look at, like, I sort it by projected points just to kind of scroll through it, see what's all out there. And if you look at the projected points, most of the rookie wide receivers, like Anthony Miller on MFL, is projected like 2.34 points or something like that. Yeah, so they definitely so need to update that shit. they're so far down. Yeah, they definitely need to update that shit. Um, so. Yeah, they'll, they'll get to it. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple nice pickups that granted... I went more towards the older guys that I thought I would get value, like Frank Gore, Chris Ivory, um, and Jaquiz Rogers. But those are guys that are two that are easy to drop. So I'm so happy with it. So basically you picked the gross guys. Yes, I picked up a lot of shit. <laughs> trying to make them into diamonds. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, shall we move on to tight ends? Yes, we should. Oh. Okay, they got Charles Clay still. My bad. Um, Nick O'Leary. He wasn't traded. <laughs> when I read that, I must have been on crack or something. Who knows? Yeah, lay off that fucking crack. Crack rock. Where are the crack rocks? <laughs> Wait, so did I say Logan Tom Logan Thomas, Kari Lee, and Keith Tobridge? Yes, yes. Do you think Charles Clay will put up tight end one type numbers again this year? And how will the rise of Nick O'Leary in his absence in 2017 affect Clay's numbers this upcoming season? Um, I don't think Nick O'Leary is going to play a factor at all this year, so he's not going to really hurt Charles Clay's value at all. Um, I, but I do think Charles Clay will fall out of the TV <laughs> tight end one range just because of the shit show that they have going at both quarterback and wide receiver this year. Yeah, um... I agree with you. I think Clay will be the only rosterable guy of this tight end group. And I think he comes up short as a tight end one. As the Bills will try to be more of a running team than they have ever been because they're like you said, their quarterbacks and running or and wide receivers suck ass. Yeah. I mean he's he's definitely gonna see a lot of targets because he's one he's probably the best weapon that they have. But I don't think there, there's he's gonna be the guy that everybody's keying on. Also, so he's gonna be taking out a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, plus, like once again, he's another year older. 
I want to say he's like 34 now, something like that. Yeah, he's not. He's he's not no spring chicken. Yeah, he's not the tight end he once was. Um, I remember when he went there from Miami, I believe there was a good uh, surrounding of hype around him just because he was a athletic tight end at the time. He's not that anymore. Yes. So speaking of Miami, our next team, next the Miami Dolphinos. Start off with their quarterbacks, of course. They got Ryan Give Me Tannehill. <laughs> Give me Tannehill. <laughs> Brock Osweiler, David Fales, and Bryce Petty. Woo! What yes. is your overall view of this quarterback room? Is there any value that could be found here? Um, it's just a mixed bag of guys. I mean, I'd like Bryce Petty kind of coming out. Is not a guy that you really want on your team anymore. He's a, he a career backup. Um, Brock Eisweiler once looked good for a year and then sucked dick after that. Um, but Ryan Tannehill, I kind of like where he is this year. Um, a lot of guys are down on him, and understandably so. Um, but he's in a very intriguing spot because he has the the ability to really uh, steer his future. If he goes out there and he plays well and he moves the Dolphins down in the draft, well, then he pretty much locks up that he's going to have a starting spot next year. But if he goes out there and he sucks, then I think his time is up. Yeah, um, I've always been a huge believer of uh, Tannehill, and I actually own him in a couple places myself, one of the teams I own with you in our Superflex League. Yes, but uh, as our quarterback three, which is a lot better spot for him. So, <laughs> yes, if he doesn't do it this year, I think we've seen the last of him, at least as a starting quarterback. So he's going to be uh, playing to keep his starting job in the NFL. So I think you're really going to see him perform well this year. Yeah, he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder too, and it's not like he played overly bad, but there was stretches in a lot of in those seasons that he was just awful. So, I mean, those stretches that he's playing in where he's awful kind of makes those seasons where he wasn't really playing bad and just made him look bad. So, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's struggling, but he has, he has more guys around him now. He doesn't have to force feed um, Jarvis Landry. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, I agree with you there. But on top of that, we've seen Osweiler before, so I don't think he really plays a factor at all. Yeah, I'm not worried about any other quarterback on the side. I think if Tannehill struggles, they just leave him in there because they're just gonna go and draft the guy. What's Brock Osweiler gonna do? Yeah, they'll just go out and draft a guy in the draft or sign one in free agency or something like that. So yep. you, you at least have one full year of Tannehill. Like you said, he can play himself into another year. So we'll see how it goes this year, and then go off of that. Yep. So let's get to the running backs. Uh, yeah, Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, Kalen Balaj, Sonoris Perry, and Brandon Radcliffe. How will this backfield pan out? Who will get the most touches? And what can we expect from Kalen Balaj? Yeah, I think this is a Drake backfield to start. Um, I mean, you can see Gore to go in there every once in a while, but I think he's more there to kind of teach the ways for a young Drake and Kalen Balaj. Um but I do expect to see Kellen Blodge to be more involved later in the season, mainly because of his receiving ability. He, we all know he's a really good uh, receiver out of the backfield. Um, 
But I think this is another Drake dominant year in that backfield where he'll get majority of the carries. Um, I am not so sure about that. I just feel like their coaching staff hates Drake for some reason. They drafted Ajayi after him, I believe. And uh, last year they were trying to figure out a way to not give him the ball by letting Damian Williams play. So I don't know. I think to start the season it'll be a lot of work for Drake and Gore splitting. But as the season wears on, Gore will be pushed out for Balage to get a little more playing time and emerge. Like you said, maybe in a pass-catching role. It's also a bigger body, so I could see him used in the goal line situation as well. But I see it as a true running back by committee for most of the season with Drake Balage at the end of the year and Drake and Gore at the beginning of the year. So I guess the one constant there is Drake. So maybe he's worth it. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for that because, like I said, I just picked up Gore, um, one of my shit turds, turning him to a diamond. So if they split time, I could probably get it a decent value for what I paid for Gore. Um, At least trade to the Drake owner or something. Yeah. So, Maybe. so I mean, I'm I'm down for that too. I just I don't see that they're just gonna pull Drake out because yes, they did draft uh, Ajayi uh, after Drake, but Ajayi was always believed to be the better back. He just had those knee problems, which pushed him down in the draft. Um, to where they traded Ajayi for Drake, so I think they'll give him a fair shake here and uh, just let him have the backfield and see what he can do for the first couple weeks. I don't know if I'd say they traded him for Drake. I think it was just because they were like, ah, he's not playing so well with us, and we're kind of sitting him, so let's just get what we can for him. Yeah, or ended because... up getting what a second form. Yeah, or fourth? No, fourth. Well, they're they were a shit team, fourth. so. I mean, yeah. I still think you'll get a fair shake there. So either way, I just feel like if the coaching staff liked them as much as liked him as much as everyone thinks, uh, that they wouldn't have used Damian Williams over fifty or around fifty percent of the time. Yeah, I, I get that too. So, um, but Damian Williams is going to be a non factor this year. So, well, yeah, he's with the Chiefs. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's get on to these wide receivers. We got uh, Devontae Parker, oh. Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, Jakeem Grant, Leonte Carew, Rashawn Scott, Isaiah Ford, Francis Owusu, Drew Morgan, and Malcolm Lewis. Would you buy Devontae Parker this season? And who is the wide receiver to own for the 2018 season? Um, I do not think that I would buy Devontae Parker. Just, just for the sole reason that their owners have invested so much patience into him that that alone is driving up his price to where it is just too high for me to pay for a struggling wide receiver. Um, but And also on top of that, I just don't think that Parker will be the best fantasy play on his team. I think the best fantasy play on his team and the fantasy guys to own will be my the best bet is Kenny Stills. Um, I do like the Kenny Stills uh, shares there. Um, But I also think Amendola can make a huge impact this year if he can ever ever just stay healthy for a full season. So there's there's still going to be yeah there's still going to be competition there. But there's there's no doubt that Amendola has been a a really good contributor on when he's on the field. So I think there's just too much miles to feed 
even though they're not great models, but there's too too much wide receivers in that area for me to get Parker. Yeah, you know, I really didn't think about uh, the patience invested into Parker when I put this down. I still think his value is falling, but maybe not as much as I feel like it has. So you may be right on that. Yeah. But I, I think if you can get him for a 19 second, it may be worth it. Then again, it's every year during the off season that he's killing it or so or something like that. Maybe it's the same old song and dance that Gase puts out every year. But they're saying that he's usually not much of a work ethic guy and that he's actually been in the building a lot this year. So yeah. m- maybe this is the year he flips it around. Maybe not. Who knows? We'll find out. But I agree with you. I think the wide receiver to own is going to be Kenny Stills. He's still only 26 years old, or will be 26 by the season, and has improved his targets, receptions, and yards in every season since coming to the Dolphins. Jarvis Landry left. There's 161 open targets. I could see a few of them heading Stills' way. I could see a lot of them going that way too. So, um, yeah, again, there's – I mean, I think – for Devontae Parker, that second rounder is a good price for him. But I, with that patience tactic of wearing in, I've seen people are still asking for a first-round pick for that guy. So that's just not something I'm willing to pay. Oh, yeah, I agree with that completely. I'm saying that's my max value right there is a 19-second. Yeah, I mean, I could I could get on onto it, but I'm looking more in the range of a mid-second. I'm not going early second or anything like that. There's just too much value in wide receivers in the, in, well, the early seconds. So. I feel like I'll – a lot of the people who would be willing to pay a second for the Devontae Parkers are good teams looking to try to buy a low and get an extra guy that they may be able to plug in once or twice a season. So it's usually going to be a mid to late second. Yeah. I mean, that that is the price that I'm looking at because if you get up towards the early second, you got like the Anthony Millers that could do the same thing. So yeah, I would much rather just hold out for a guy like that. Well, I was talking about a next year's second. I wasn't even thinking about this year. Oh, shit. You did say day 19, didn't you? Yep. All right. I could get down with a 19 second. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say one more thing. Uh, Kenny Stills had 105 targets last year. So imagine even if he only got a quarter of Landry's, he'd have 145 targets. Yeah. But he averages almost double what Landry did per catch. Well, that's... And he doesn't catch as many of those targets. Yeah, and he also gets the deep balls thrown his way a lot, so that's probably yeah, where the yardage. Deep balls. Yeah, I mean that's still a good amount of targets. So, no, that's a great amount of targets. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if he ends up getting 145 targets, you're looking at a high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one, maybe even higher. Who knows? Yeah, I think one one thing Kenny Stills needs to do is he needs to become more of a well-rounded um, wide receiver. Now, granted, yeah. I don't watch a lot of Dolphins games, um, but when I do, like if they're on Monday Night Football or whatnot, I just see him running a lot of fly routes. So if he becomes... Yeah, him getting behind the safety. Yeah. If he, if he can become a much round, more rounded wide receiver this year and actually run normal uh, routes and stuff like that, I think he will have a very good year. And if you go out and buy, buy him... You'll get a good return um, on your investment with the points that he puts up. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to look into this now. 
Yeah, I know it makes it makes it a little more intriguing here because when you I was probably going through this, I was looking up some stats and that's how I saw all this and I was like, damn, that's pretty uh pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's not like you're gonna be paying a lot for a Kenning Stills either. So I think that he I think he's gonna be a very good buy this year. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's move on to the tight ends. Yes, yes. We got Marquise Gray, AJ Derby, Mike Isecki, Durham Smythe. Thomas Duarte and Gavin Escobar, Pablo's uh, brother. <laughs> Selling the Jags. Yes. So come week one, who will be the Dolphins' tight end one, if not Gasecki? When can owners expect him to take that role? Uh yeah. So I think the starter week one is going to be AJ Derby, um, only because I don't know who any of these fucks are on the team, um, and I just know it's not going to be Gasecki week one. But for all the owners, just be patient. He's going to get a lot of action this year. Um, he's going to get his chance to start throughout the course of this year. Um, he's just, they're asking a two, three year process in what, two, three, four months. So it's going to take some time. Yeah. Um, it may not be week one. It still could be. Who knows? Maybe catches on training camp or preseason or something. But I don't think it'll be much longer after that if it's not week one. Yeah. We all know the cream rises to the top. Yeah, and don't look too much into uh, him looking lost out on the field. I mean, he literally just got drafted, and that was OTAs. So you're still just just scraping the surface of the playbook. So you're trying to learn all these plays. Again, it's a it's a two three year process for him to be relevant. So you really just have to be patient with him. Yeah, I, and I think it's sometime this season that he is fantasy relevant. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a matter of time. He may not be the best option this year, but he's definitely going to be an option, and he won't be the worst one. So, Yes. All right, that wraps up the Dolphins. Let's get on to the Jets. J-E-T-S, suck, suck, suck. Yes, another New York team. We did one last week. Yeah. Back to back. At least we got them out of the way because we had Buffalo, too. That's three of them. Oh, no shit. Getting that shit off the board real quick. Yes. All right. So their quarterbacks are Josh McCown, Sweaty Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Darnold. What type of value does this room hold? At what point in the season will Darnold get his chance? And when is it a safe time to draft Sam Darnold? Um, yeah, I actually think that there's a lot of value coming out of this room. Uh, you have Darnold, who's going to be the quarterback of the future for the Jets. And I still really like Teddy Bridgewater's potential enough to pay pay his cheap price and stash him in a Superflex league. Um, I want to go out here and get Josh McCown just because he's the only uh, player. He's going to be the odd man out when the time comes. Um, so And he's getting up there in age, so there's not going to be a lot of homes for him. So that's a guy I definitely would stay away from. Um, I didn't answer this one, but what did Jeff Sam Darnold, I think, Late third is what I would be looking at for him. All right. Yeah, I just have whenever the other three go off the board, you can take Darnold because I think he's the fourth best rookie quarterback. Yeah, I mean, as soon as soon as you see Mayfield and, let's say, Lamar go off the board and you know Rosen's going to go before Darnold, I would start thinking about taking him with your next pick because it's not going to be soon, soon after Rosen goes off that he'll fall. Yeah. Um, I also just wanted to say here's a quarterback room worth talking about. You got your Wiley vet, 
they'll start a couple games. You got a young quarterback with uh, potential still working his way back from a serious injury. I think he'll get a couple starts this season, and then I think you, and then you got your rookie dr- quarterback who was drafted early in the first. I'm really hoping he doesn't get any starts this year, just because I'd rather have him sit and learn and perfect his mechanics, which we both know he needs a little work on. Mm-hmm. So you can come out week one of year two and hit the ground running. See, I li- I like his position a lot more than like a Josh Allen's, just because. They have the quarterbacks above him that I don't think he will be forced to play year one. Because if Josh McCown doesn't work, I think Teddy Bridgewater can go on and be a solid quarterback. But if shit hits the fan, obviously uh, Sam Darnold's going in. So Yeah, if they both end up sucking, yeah, it's Darnold time. And that may not be good for his future. Yeah, but I mean, we'll see it going down here. Their wide receiver core isn't the worst. I mean, it's nothing special. But we've obviously seen worse just looking at the rosters. So I think he'll be fair, you know, a lot, he's still faring a lot better than what Josh Allen is. Yeah, just looking at the Bills roster, the Jets roster is better. It makes you rethink your life. Don't <laughs> don't turn out to be the Bills. When your roster is worse than the Jets, you got a problem going on. <laughs> All right, the running backs. You got Isaiah Crowell, Bilal Powell. Elijah McGuire, Thomas Rawls, and Trenton Cannon. Is the Jets running back core a position to stay away from? Who will emerge as the best fantasy option? And what type of value could an owner get out of this room? Yeah, so this room is just a mess. Um, There's a lot of guys sitting in this room that have a lot of NFL playing time. But I think you'll see a lot of the same rotations as you did last year with uh Matt Forte in town. I think you'll see a lot of Crow with Crow and uh Bile splitting time in the backfield. Um and I also think by the end of the year that Bile Powell is gonna be the running back to own in that backfield. I know the Jets like him, but they don't like him as a featured back, which I don't get. But he is a cheap option that would be very easy for you to profit with his performance coming up. Yeah, I think this room just reeks of a running back by committee. I'd say your only your only bet, your best bet, is to try scoop one of Crowell, Bile, or McGuire. Personally, I'd be going after McGuire and hope they stick as the guy. Do you think it's going to be a three-man committee or two? Uh, I think it's going to be all three to start. All three and um, Isaiah Crowell, Bile, and Powell, so Thomas is going to be the odd man out. Yeah, I'd I'd imagine Thomas Rawls is the odd man out. I mean, I I I see the roster playing playing out like that, but I just think unless someone gets hurt, it's going to be mainly Isaiah Carell, and I think that can be um, stable for a year for for them to put up numbers because Bile Powell has done it before. But if they don't do through through throw Elijah McGuire in there, I do think yeah, it's definitely a position to stay away from. Crowell is still young too, so I mean. He's, what, 24, 25 years old? Yeah, he's not old by any means. But I also know that they they draft Elijah McGuire. I'm pretty sure they, their camp drafted Elijah McGuire, so I could see them using him to an extent as well. Yeah. I just like, I don't know, I think, because right, right now we're in the process of trying to pick up Bob Paul, and I think it would be a great addition to our team, actually in the Flea Flicker one with all those trades. Just because I think he will get a lot of work along with Isaiah Crowell. It's definitely worth the risk. 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree. I just, like you said, the Jets came out and they don't see him as a featured back. So Yeah, which is stupid. Kind of questions what they actually think about him, you yeah. know, without hurting his, hurting his feelings in front of everyone. Well, that's just the Jets being the Jets because all that guy – all that guy does is just perform, so I don't I don't really get where their stance is coming from there. Yeah. Um, should we get on to the wide receivers now? Yes, we shall. All right, the wide receivers, they got Robbie come in your mother's eye, your girlfriend's eye, wife's eye, Robbie Anderson. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck which one. He'll do it. <laughs> both, uh, both eyes, too, so watch the fuck out. You'll be blind. And they got Jermaine Curse, Quincy Anunua, Terrell Pryor, Chad Hansen, Ardarius Stewart, Devin Smith, Andre Roberts, Sharon Peak, Charles D. Johnson, Lucky Whitehead, Trey McBride, and Jonah Trinaman. Nice name, Trinaman. Yeah, right. How will Terrell Pryor fare with the Jets? Who is the wide receiver to own in New York? And who will be the wide receiver to? Yes. Well, in my eyes, um, again, going on to order with these questions here, the wide receiver to own in New York is obviously Robbie Anderson here. Um, I think he's going to be their go-to guy this coming this coming year. Um, I do think it'll be easy in their midst of the rebuild for them to fight, phase him out, phase him out in the future, so I'm kind of worried about him that way. Um, but he's definitely, as of now, the wide receiver to own. Um Going to Terrell Pryor, um, I've already heard reports that he's struggling with injury issues. Um, so that's, yeah, I heard that too. That may, that may end up hurting him because there's two guys fighting for that same same spot in the roster that already have impressed to the Jets coaching staff and um, Jermaine Curse and Quincy Anunua. Um And bo- both of those guys, you can really pick up, pick up off of wa- waivers and wait and see what happens with them, who is going to get that number two spot because it is kind of in the air. So I don't think it's that bad of an investment if you're not really investing any fab or draft picks and getting them. But it's not, like like I said before, it's not an overly exciting wide receiver room other than Robbie Anderson. Yeah, um, I'm going to start with the Terrell Pryor thing. I think if he wants to stick in the league, it could be his last chance to make a team, possibly. If he fucks up this year maybe he's fighting to get on the 53-man roster for however many more seasons he lasts but if he plays like we've all seen him play he could easily be the number two guy there like you said he's already having injury problems so that's not good does have about a month to recover from it before uh training camp starts so maybe he'll get it figured out by then otherwise i'd probably say jermaine curse will be the number two guy again yeah, I don't. Think I mean, much of Quincy and Nunwa at all. So, but you know that. Yeah, I mean the thing when I look at the Jermaine Curse Quincy and Nunwa thing, Jermaine Curse is more of a downfield playmaker, like he can break it downfield. Or Quincy and Nunwa is more of a glorified tight end, I guess you could call him, where he's slower but has still has good hands. Um, so I do think Jermaine Curse will beat him out, but Quincy Quincy and Nunwa will definitely have a role in this offense. So it's gonna it's gonna be hard for really and all all three of these guys to solidify a full time spot on the field, and that that's being Jermaine Curse and Newell and Pryor all together. Plus I, Robbie Anderson, yeah, yeah. 
So I think we both agree is the number one. Yeah, Robbie Anderson will be on the field all the time. But I you could I could definitely see these three guys just kinda like rotating on and off and it being annoying for fantasy owners. Yeah, I could easily see that to say one guy gets hurt and another guy steps in, plays well, and then it's just kind of a carousel from there on. Exactly. Kinda like what um well the fucking sea chickens do with behind Baldwin. Every single one of those Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just the way I see it. I can vision it playing out. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to uh, one of the ugliest looking positions we've done so far. <laughs> yes, and we just went through the bills. So that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, this Jets tight end group is pretty gross. <laughs> they got Jordan Leggett, Chris Herndon, Mr. I just got a DUI. Uh, Clive Walford, Eric Tomlinson, Neil Sterling, and Bucky Hodges. Yeah. What tight ends do you like with the Jets? Who will be the week one starter in this position group? And are any of these tight ends rosterable? Is your mom singing? She might be. <laughs> um, anyways, it, like you said, this is a very ugly, ugly group. Um, this room isn't impressive whatsoever. And the only way I'm adding guys from this group is if I have a taxi squad. I may take a chance, or I have obviously taken a chance on Jordan Leggett, Bucky Hodges, or even Chris Herndon. Um, I think Chris Herndon is the better prospect of those three, as in I think he'll make more of an impact year one and two. But I even don't see his long-term future being that great. So it's just it's just a shit show. Yeah, they should have never let ASJ get away. This is a group I'm staying away from altogether. If I have a taxi squad, I may try to squeeze Herndon on there. But that's only if I'm really hurting at tight end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, look, they, they must have thought they had a plan to bring in a tight end, and it must have backfired like everything else they tried to do this offseason. But I just don't see how you walk into a season with your tight end to the end room looking like this and being okay with it. Yeah, but I don't understand it. Maybe they make a trade or something. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they're in the trade talks for uh, Rob Gronkowski. You never know. <laughs> oh, my God. I think Rob would go hang himself like his fellow tight end, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, going deep. <laughs> You would definitely wouldn't be happy, though. <laughs> no, definitely not. So, speaking of those two guys, we'll move on to the New England Patriots and their quarterbacks. Tom Shady, Brady, Brian Hoyer, and Danny Etling. All the retirement talk coming from Brady's camp will be a successor, and is he already on the team? Um. Yeah, so this room is ugly, but when you have Tom Brady, obviously... It doesn't need to be pretty. I mean, you have Tom Brady starting for you, so you're doing something right there. But it is coming time for New England to start looking towards their long-term future at quarterback because there is a lot of talks coming out of Brady's camp where Brady is coming out saying he's thought about retirement more than ever. So uh, they need to make a move because their their successor is not on the roster, and I really don't know who it is. Um, so they're going to need to make a move and try to bring someone in with the next – within the next year i believe yeah um i wouldn't be so sure about that retirement thing brady did just post on his 
Instagram was it that he wanted to play till he was 45? That's still five years away. Yeah, I. But he also posted on Instagram that he was thinking about retiring more than ever. I think he's in the process right now where he's flip flopping, so it's I, still waiting to see more. Don't think it's going to be this year or after this year, but I also do not believe the five year things. So I think he's got about another solid two years. And that's why I believe Brady's replacement is on the team. I think Bill Belichick's not going to worry about it until it's already happened. Yeah. Well, the thing that sucks was is that Brady's replacement was on the team, and they just traded him away for peanuts. Cause, yeah. Because well, Brady got jealous. So, I mean. Anything for pretty boy Brady. Yeah. Well, they're both pretty boys, but, <laughs> like, that's that's the guys that they like to go draft, so it's probably – Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Right. They just need to go out and try to make something happen here because no Danny Eatling is going to be the successor to Tom Brady. Yeah, they'll find something. I would not be too worried about it. And if not, thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, let's move on to the running backs, y'all, as BJ typed up in our notes. Yeah. Bag it. Whoa! Damn it! I did it again. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking. It's the remember the Titans reference. Fucking bomb. You're a scrub. Anyways, so they got Sony Michelle, sexy Rex Burkhead, James White, Jeremy Hill, Mike Gillisley, and Brandon Bolden. Who is the running back that will be pushed out to the curb come the start of the season? Who is the running back to own, and should we expect the same running back rotation that fantasy owners hate? Uh, yes. So, obviously, I think the easiest decision here is that Mike Gillespie is going to be the odd man out in this situation. Um, I personally tend to stay away from Patriots running backs. Uh, by the looks of it, I think I'll do the same, even though I just bought into Rex Burkhead. Um, but if you really needed to take a guy, and you needed to take a guy from the Patriots, I would take the youth and Sony Michelle here um, because they did just invest the first round pick into him, so that's kind of interesting. But if I had to go out and trade for someone, it is going to be Rex Burkhead just because he is going to be somewhat fantasy relevant this year, and I just got him for a fourth round pick, so it's that was it's definitely worth the risk if you're giving out a late round pick like that. Yeah, um, bye bye, Gillian Hilly. Hope you guys had fun in Foxborough. <laughs> uh, I think they'll end up keeping Brandon Bolden, uh, James White, Burkhead, and Sony, uh, the top three because they're the top three. And Brandon Bolden, he's one of their glue special teams guys. Uh, I think the guy to own, got to be Sony. Like you stole from my notes, they spent a first-round pick on him. But uh, saying that, I would make sure I had Burkhead too, just in case old Billy Boy decided to be a fuckhead or Sony decided to fumble it. I mean, you just know they're going to rotate their running backs. It's not going to be one guy. So definitely if you're going to have one one guy from that backfield, you got to make sure you have two, if not three. Could be if it were a Corey Dillon scenario all over again. Uh, they just have too many running backs on their team. Even if even if they got rid of Jeremy Hill and Mike Dillon, they still have three running backs that could play. They're not just going to sit. James White and Rex Burkhead because they went on God Sony Michelle. They're gonna well, flip flop they when we get there. James White until the playoffs, where he becomes Mister Fucking MVP. 
Yeah, I mean that is true. So, um, but I I just I just don't see it being a full time Sony Michelle thing. I think they're gonna he may get a good amount of carries within that rotation, but it's definitely gonna be a rotation. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Definitely gonna be a rotation of some sort, even if it's only two guys. So uh, let's get on to these wide receivers. We got Mr. Three-Game Suspension, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, Jordan Matthews, Malcolm Mitchell, Philip Dorsett, Kenny Britt, Cordero Patterson, Braxton Berrios, Matthew Slater, Riley McCarron, and Cody Hollister. Who will step up if Edelman is out for the full three games, even though he's appealing it? Who is the wide receiver to own in New England, and is there any sleeper potential in this group? Uh, yeah, I mean, as a cheaper receiving option, I've always liked Chris Hogan because um, over the past few years, there's been spurts and quite quite a long spurts here where you had put up wide receiver one-like numbers. Um, obviously, it's not sustainable within a system that the Patriots use because they're always changing their favorite target. But to get a guy that put up the spurts like that, it's, if you have him in a flex option, is a really nice option to have. Um as a sleeper candidate here, I'm kind of leaning towards the Philip Dorsett um, side here, just because he's a quicker guy um, that already has a year within the system, and maybe I think he could fit well when Edelman is, if Edelman is out for the first three weeks. I'm, I don't know about Dorsett. I think uh, the Rock, uh, well, if he's healthy, uh. Malcolm Mitchell on the outside along with Chris Hogan and then run Matthews, Jordan Matthews in the slot. Do you think they would use Malcolm Mitchell or Kenny Britt on the outside? Malcolm Mitchell, definitely. Uh-huh. If he's healthy. Otherwise, I could... Uh, they did line up Philip Dorsett quite a bit outside, so if that's how the depth chart actually falls, I could see them using him there, too. Yeah. I mean, I just... But, Philip Dorsett came into the league with so much potential, so... I'd yeah, kind of first round draft pick. Yeah, I'd kind of like to see him get his chance again. So <laughs> that's why I kind of say it like that. Yeah, but I uh, definitely agree with you. I think Chris Hogan's going to be the guy you want. He's already worked with Brady, played well a bunch of times in spurts, like you said. And uh, I also I said it before. I also think Jordan Matthews is a good cheap buy right now, at least for the first couple weeks. I think he'll step in and be that uh, slot guy. Yeah, I definitely. He loves to check it down too. Yeah, I definitely like Jordan Matthews there too. Um, the main guys are gonna to have are definitely gonna be Edelman, Hogan, and Matthews. The rest of the guys are just kind of a crapshoot on what, what they're gonna do on what week. Yeah, and then uh, for my sleeper, I put it has to be the potential Edelman replacement, Braxton Berrios, right? Stuff him on your taxi squad, forget about him for two years, boom. Yeah, and then when Edelman calls it quits, that wouldn't be yeah. a bad ad right there. Maybe, though. You never know. That's yeah. just my guess right I now. mean, if, if you have a taxi squad, it's definitely worth the risk because you can get them in, like, the fourth, fifth round. So. Yeah. Oh, definitely. If not undrafted. But then you usually can't put them on your taxi squad. Yeah, I know. But just All right, let's move on to these tight ends. We got Rob... Gronkowski, Dwayne Allen, Troy Nicholas, Jacob Hollister, Ryan Izzo, and Will Ty. Actually, overall, not a bad tight end. No, I was just thinking that. 
Uh, they just added that Ricky Ryan is, oh, I heard some good things about him. Um, and then, obviously, Gronk and Dwayne Allen had his time where he was pretty good in the league, so. You got Will Ty, too, and then you got Troy Nicholas out of Notre Dame. So, who knows? Yeah. But, uh, so with all the retirement talk, how many years do you think Gronk plays? Will they all be in New England? And will Dwayne Allen start to put up fantasy numbers in 2018? Uh, yes. Gronk will play the rest of his career in New England. I don't think he'll go anywhere else. Um, the only reason I'm worried about him retiring is if he sustains another significant injury this year. Um, he's still playing some of the best football he has in his career, so I think he'll kind of stick that out until Tom Brady retires. Then I think he really thinks about it again, too. But I, it's kind of scary because if he does sustain another significant injury, then I think he had so many of those in his career, you really have to sit down and actually think about it. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. That if he gets seriously hurt, he'll retire. But if not, I think it'll be another two years or so for Gronk. When Brady retires, or if he were to get traded, like you talked about last week, was that? No. It was this week. It was just above. Oh. <laughs> okay. Or if he were to get traded, he'd retire. Um, I wouldn't bother with Dwayne Allen. Last year when Gronk didn't play for the couple games or whatever, they kind of just ignored the tight end position altogether. Yeah, which is surprising because Dwayne Allen was a good tight end uh, going into New England. So I was kind of surprised that they, or not they, but that he really couldn't produce him within that scheme. Because we've seen two, t- two tight ends work in that scheme throughout the years. Yeah, definitely. And I'm surprised, like you said, I'm surprised. Because with the Colts, Dwayne Allen was a pretty good tight end. But then again, so was Kobe Fleener. And when he left, he sucked ass too. Yeah, I mean, that could easily be just uh, saying stuff about the Colts system there, making their tight ends look good. So, But it doesn't matter. They have Gronk, so it has to just be a room to stay away from unless you're getting the top guy. So Yeah, definitely. All right, that wraps it up. We all done. AFC East. Thank God we're done so, with that. So what uh, division are we talking about next week? Ooh, I haven't made up my mind yet. We can make it up I, right now. I vote we do either the NFC West or NFC South. All right. Since we're flip-flopping, because so we did NFC, AFC, we're going to go back to the NFC. So we'll do the NFC West, you said? Yeah, I said NFC West or NFC South. I just want to do one of them. All right. We'll do the NF- NFC South. Go down to the southern okay. states. Here. Well, that'll be a good one. Nice. After this shit show, we get to talk about some real some teams. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wait until we get to the north when we talk about the hardest division in the NFL. Yep. <laughs> Two had only one reign supreme. The Packers. The Packers. <laughs> Kings of the North. Yes. All right. Um. You guys know where to find us. You can find me at NSFW underscore DFF Mitch. You can find BJ at NSFW underscore DFF BJ. You can find, follow our main account at NSFW underscore DFF. You can find us all over the place. We're now on Podbean, too, along with Stitcher. We just got approved today for Podbean, I think. Nice. I need to get that shit working, though. We have none of our, uh, none of our episodes up because I can't put 
our RSS feed in there. So I have to figure out what to do there. We'll get it up and running um, probably this morning yet. Or next, tomorrow morning. Wait, so I'm confused. We'll talk about this after. But yeah. anyways, follow us on all that other shit. Uh, NSFW Dynasty Podcast. NSFW Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Something along those lines. And uh, thanks for listening. Wait, 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 wait. Um, we have to say this though. Um, our, our guy that does all of our, usually all of our podcasting updates or runs our main account and everything like that just got married this past weekend and now is in Punta Cana. So Keith, congratulations. You made the worst decision a man can make. He's going to be, he's going to be out of service for a couple weeks. So it's just me and you, Mitch. What the fuck? No. (laughs) Why are we paying him then? Tell him to get to it. We're not paying him because we're not getting paid. He got a whole half a penny from that one thing. <laughs> you got to do your half a penny worth, boy. Yep. All right. Anyways, now we'll wrap it up. You guys have a good night. See you back here next week. Don't know what day, just because we're lazy and tend not to do it on Sundays. So we'll see you back here yeah, next week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It'll be up one of those days. You'll yeah. find it. You'll see it. Yeah, first. You know, you can just subscribe to it and it'll let you know when it gets uploaded. There you go. All right, you guys do that. We'll we'll see you next week. See ya. They counted us out, now we lead the division again. At the top of the round, 17 and Jordy with the hands. AR 12 with the DVD. You know that we winning again. AR 12 with the DVD.